Welcome back to the Inclusive and Online Podcast. My name is Dan. I'm Kate. And I'm Kayla. And together, we're your hosts for the Inclusive and Online Podcast. On this month's episode, we're meeting up with two members of the OU community, Andrea Knutson and Noel Manjin. They're both active members of the Native American Advisory Committee on campus. Today, they'll be sharing some historical perspectives and updating us on the current status of ongoing projects around campus. So as we mentioned earlier, both of you serve on the Native American Advisory Committee here at Oakland. Um, So why was that committee formed initially? We have here at Oakland, and we cannot overstate this enough, a rare and um, remarkable opportunity with the Native American Heritage Site to address um, some of these legacies of colonial education. We were able to actually um, build the Native American Heritage Site was the direct and the Native American Advisory Committee was the direct outcome of a was about two year long process of writing a land acknowledgement um, in uh, conversation with tribal leaders in Michigan. Um, And the first draft of that land acknowledgement was actually written by an honors and Anishinaabe um, Sioux tribe member um, who was taking an honors college class and who wrote a land acknowledgement for Oakland University. So we were able to use that as a first draft. But a land acknowledgement is can very easily fall into right the um, just sort of being more rhetoric and promises without any kind of follow up or commitment to those promises. Um, sort of we we recognize that we are on native land, but okay, what do we do about that? And how does that actually matter to to us? So. In order to make it matter, um, we took an unprecedented step of um, uh, putting together a Native American Advisory Committee, and uh, which is, of course, um, a committee that Noel serves on, among others. And the goal here is to um, have all of the decisions that are made about the Native American Heritage Site and about programming on campus um, emerge out of Native leadership on campus. Because I think, as we all know, um, the best people to make decisions about programming content and um, uh, how we can manifest the educational promises that we envision with the land acknowledgement, the people best um, able to make those decisions are Native people themselves. And so we have this amazing um, sort of process by which we uh, incorporate native, native leadership to make the decisions about this entire sort of project, which is the Native American Heritage Site. Um, the committee itself then is uh, central to um, the way that these projects will be guided on campus. They We vote, uh, we make decisions, we discuss, we make, uh, we have votes. Um, and so it's also consensus centered and we operate in a consensus building way. And for those who may not know, what is a land acknowledgement? So a land acknowledgement is um, something that has kind of emerged on the landscape of higher ed uh, within the last, I would say, has really kind of gained traction in the last five years. Um, so much so that it's sort of like campuses sort of got on the bandwagon, right? Oh, 
right? We need to really say something about the fact that we're on native land and that seemed important for campuses to do. Um, as I mentioned previously though, a land acknowledgement, and they can take any form, but it really matters who writes the land acknowledgement and whether or not you keep the promises that are made in the land acknowledgement. So it has to be incorporated, Those the priorities of native communities have to be incorporated into the land acknowledgement first, and we made sure to do that. Um, and then you have to figure out a way to move your campus culture in the direction of the commitments that that land acknowledgement makes. Otherwise, it just serves as more empty rhetoric on behalf of well-meaning colonialist institutions. And, um, and we all know what that history looks like, especially in educational spaces. So uh, they can look very different. Ours, the one for Oakland, as I said, was actually crafted in conversation with tribal leaders across Michigan and over the course of about two years. It took a long time because of those conversations. So our land acknowledgement definitely incorporates the values of native communities and leaders. Um, and uh, we dedicate ourselves in that land acknowledgement as a, as a campus community to um, uh, being responsible to, and not just recognizing the violence of our educational histories with native um, communities, uh, but also then doing something about that, uh, changing the course of that history, um, understanding that violence, taking it seriously, and then listening to native communities in order to change campus culture and change the direction of the university's mission with regard to its educational um, goals. So that's what we're in the process of doing. So I really appreciate that you pointed out who writes it matters because again, it, it's, you know, which ideology are you supporting here? Who, you know, who are we taking care of in writing this? I, I think it's really cool that one of our honors uh, students wrote the first draft of the land acknowledgement. What a great, I guess, accomplishment for that student. You know, that's very cool. And I, I did not know that. I think that's an important piece to tell is that, you know, this is something that a student had enough you know, care and wherewithal and, and use the tools, you know, their education to to craft this because it was important to them. I, I really appreciate you sharing that aspect of the story. And we were wondering, what are some of the major projects the committee is currently working on? I'll just name a few. Um, so we're planning a powwow for the fall as kind of a kickoff to next year. And we have an activity or a panel planned for Native American Heritage Month next year that I'll be organizing, um, bringing together Native American women in STEM to talk about their intersectional experiences in STEM. And um, I'm kind of looking at that Indigenous ways of knowing. So I would love to expand more on, like, again, this, this, um, uh, we are a campus, right? This and and this interview is, I think, so important because it is it really draws a through line through the 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 sort of violent beginnings of education in this nation with regard to relationships with the native people and kind of where we're at with an land acknowledgement on our campus and how that kind of charts a different way forward. Um, 
We do think of the Native American Advisory Committee as doing the uh, as doing educational work, which pushes back against and resists and charts a new path forward away from erasure, the erasure of Native American voices to place Native voices in positions of leadership where they belong, most especially in educational systems. We have to go from a history of um, violence in our educational spaces uh, that have been created for Native American assimilation, right, and cultural genocide into a space of cultural belonging, right? The, the land acknowledgement and the work of the Native American community is about shifting in major ways historical forces that have um, left legacies of violence and transforming them how, however we can into legacies of cultural belonging for Native people in educational spaces. Higher ed is, is, is a colonialist legacy. We are still on and within and working within an institution that has colonial DNA. Um, and so much of what we do has to be very um, closely aligned with and um, and very very committed to, right, are these values, which are kind of inherently at odds with um, higher ed as a colonial institution. Um, and so like, what do you do with disciplines, right, that are um, the products of a liberal sort of an, um, I should say a liberal humanist agenda, right? A modern liberal humanist agenda. You have the department of chemistry, you have the field of English, you have biology, <clears throat> you have history. These are all fields that are not organic, right? To what um, Noel was describing earlier, which are, you know, they, they don't incorporate native worldviews. They don't incorporate native science. They don't these are not intergenerational teachings. These are colonial platforms with colonial paradigms. And so um, the work of the Native American Advisory Committee, especially with regard to the heritage site, is ultimately um, a, a, a project that can transform and offer new paradigms that um, are that allow for cultural belonging in a way that we have not seen yet before. And on that note, and kind of uh, building off of what Noel was talking about, can you discuss a little bit more uh, the recent implementation of that Native American Heritage Month and the events at OU? Is that that's scheduled for October? Is that correct? So Native American Heritage Month. So we just finished up or wrapped up um, our second successful and wonderful year, which is in November, um, is Native American Heritage Month. And um, so a lot of the programming that we do around that is to incorporate and to bring to campus like speakers, right? Speakers, knowledge keepers, culture keepers, um, uh, scientists, scholars, historians who are all native, who are doing work in a way that um, creates a, a campus, cultural, campus culture of cultural belonging. Um, in addition to the powwow, of course, we have um, Native American Heritage Month with all of that programming. We also um, have devised what we call a Native American cultural knowledge course. And it is an eight week long um, self-enrolling course that is offered to the Oakland University campus community. Anybody with um, an Oakland email can self-enroll through eSpace 
this eight week long self, uh, self-enrolling, but it's also self-paced um, sort of course that we've devised for beginners. So we, we want to, we want to welcome um, and encourage everybody on our campus to take this course. It will be, it's geared towards beginners, as I said, and it is um, devised for educational purposes. So um, if you want to help us do this work of pushing back and resisting erasure and cultural genocide and um, learning more about the native people who are in our region and the students and faculty and staff and take this course. Um, we have a vibrant student group as well. Um, and we have some great collaborations with uh, community members. Um, we have been, um, we've gotten grants for planting um, ethno botanically important plants on the heritage site. We are, uh, have a contract with the US Fish and Wildlife Service to restore prairie on the Native American heritage site. We have now um, an orchard, a pawpaw orchard. And so we are working to bring biodiversity back, which then will allow for um, uh, teaching, cultural teachings, plant uh, and plant knowledge and culture keepers to come to campus and to share um, and to share those life ways and uh, with us. So. Yeah, that's incredible. And I didn't I didn't know about that course that you mentioned. Um, and I think we would love to share the link and information with our listeners in our show notes about how they can, you know, access the course and how to get involved. So as long as you're okay with that, we would love to include some of that information for any of our OU listeners so that they can um, you know, get into the course and, and access some of that information. We'd appreciate that very much. We think it the course is crucial to the campus community for doing this um, work. Thank you. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about the heritage site. Um, I, I think that was April of 22 that the heritage site was dedicated. Is that right? That's correct. Um, so, you know, from what I've seen, it sounded like the heritage site was kind of the next logical step after, you know, adopting the land acknowledgement and kind of putting actions behind the words and the land acknowledgement. Can you tell us a little bit more about that project, what it looks like, um, you know, today? I know you mentioned some some native species uh, that are being planted. So, like, I guess what what can people at OU expect and understand about the heritage site right now? I can let Noel say, yeah, more about this. Um, uh, ultimately, it, it's a it's a classroom. It's it's a new form of classroom. So, Noel, yeah, that's what I th I think of it as um, kind of a place that we can bring community together, um, like that that research that I was talking about that brings community together for learning to come up with pedagogies. Um, but it's also a place to gather and to practice our culture. Um, but yeah, a classroom, I mean, our specific to this place, traditional ecological knowledge, um, that can be accessed there, um, is really important to learning and really important to that <clears throat> decolonizing, um, indigenizing science. Yeah, a little word, a little uh, more about the history of the Native American Heritage Site. Again, it was um, community engaged. 
uh, once that site was designated, and it's about four acres that um, is near the Western Biopreserve, um, the first thing that we did, again, was to have what we called a community assessment. And we invited um, um, uh, the intertribal community of Detroit metro area uh, to come to the land and to walk on it and to talk to us um, as a as an educational institution about what this place could be to become a place of cultural belonging and um, a place where we can strengthen, right? Uh, can, again, push back against the violence of, edu of, of education in this nation and actually make it a positive, um, a positive and um, rewarding and productive place for native um, uh, students, faculty, staff, and community collaborators to come and, and engage in the ways that Noel has, de has uh, described. Um, we have a 10-year vision for the Native American Heritage Site, which was a result of the community assessment. Um, we are always right, working very hard on this campus to incorporate um, as many offices and departments, faculty members and students to um, to the project. It Our events are open to the public. Um, it is definitely a place um, that is about Native American lifeways and the perpetuation and strengthening of those um, of that culture. It's a classroom, but it's also about um, creating and thinking of, thinking about and creating a different future, a different educational future, um, not just for Oakland, but to set a precedent for um, every other campus who wants to take a look at what we're doing and to think about what it means to um, remember, right, that we are on native land and that, uh, and to, to remember the violence of these educational legacies and to do something about it, um, not just not just for native communities, but for the future, right? We need native science and native worldviews and we definitely need native uh, languages in order to um, create a, a, a sustainable future. Um, biodiversity, uh, and right relations with a multi-species world, though that worldview is embedded in native languages and in native life ways and histories and cultural teachings. We desperately need to listen to native people if we are going to um, fight back against climate change. And um, we need, right, we, we literally do need native people to lead the way in terms of um, a new norm for the future that take seriously clean air and clean water and to somehow get climate change under control um, and protect biodiversity. I, I'm just, I'm really curious about the heritage site. I, I think that is so cool. And you talk about the heritage site as a classroom. How can faculty get started using it and how can we help increase you know, visibility and awareness of it? That's a fantastic question. Uh, we have already had faculty using it. Um, a couple of examples. Um, the, oh, I forgot the name of it. What is the um, children's, Lowry. The Lowry School of Education with their tiny tots, right? They, they've actually, they, this last Indigenous Peoples Day, they brought their kindergartners out there 
And they brought a big stack of uh, books by uh, indigenous authors and they had like story time out there and the kids loved it. They were bouncing all over the boulders and running around and listening to these stories. But also we have, we know of other faculty members who are taking their classes out there for um, to discuss, right? what the heritage sites is for, what the work is that we're doing on it. And these are professors who are in the fields of history, of English, of sociology. Um, and I'm sure there are many more. It is, it is a space that we do not have a schedule for. So there's currently not a way for a faculty member to like sign up to be out at the heritage site. Um, we might need one in the future, we'll see. But for now, um, folks are kind of finding their way there. And um, they're utilizing the site in the ways that they feel are necessary for their students' education. Um, and we do have a lot of we do have a lot of programming out there with our Native American student group. And we have been also offering tours. And so we've offered tours to several organizations actually over the last two years. Our email for the Native American Advisory Committee to the co-chairs is gidigan dot, uh, sorry, gidigan at oakland.edu. So it's G-I-G-I-T-A-N, um, which is which is Anishinaabe Moan for garden. Um, so gidigan at oakland.edu. And we've been taking emails there and requests for tours. We've had some faculty email us and say, what do we need to do? Do, we, do you have a sign-up sheet? Can I take my students out there? So I really appreciate that question, Dan, because while we don't have a formal process right now to use it as a classroom, that would be a goal. Why not have that become an assigned, right? That would be an, a pretty incredible thing to be able to assign that as a classroom, weather permitting, obviously, but. I completely agree. Thank you for, for sharing that. And as a student myself, I was wondering what support services are available for Native American students here at OU? Um, I would mention definitely. Uh, so I know Dr. Pizer, who's the Native uh, co-chair, the other co-chair on the Native American Advisory Committee, did some work to reestablish the Native American student group. Um, so we do have a Native American student group now. Um, <clears throat> And I guess I would just say that we're slowly but surely doing the work to build a community on this campus. Yeah, I think that that community building is so key for kind of anybody to find a sense of place on campus. So I think that that is really important to to point out. Um, so before we wrap up for the day, I know we've covered a lot, but is there anything else that either of you would like to discuss or or mention with anything related to the topic at hand? And and that's totally fine if there is nothing for now. Um, you know, I I think that if you do think of anything that you'd want to share, feel free to send us an email after. We can include additional things in the show notes, but I know we've we've covered a lot and I think it's going to be really valuable information for the OU community as a whole. Um, so I, I, yeah, I appreciate you both. I will, I'll say one last thing, which sure. is just simply that um, this is something that we think that everybody belongs to, right? Um, uh, everybody in this interview, right, 
every staff member, every faculty member, every administrator on this campus can play and should be playing a part in helping us sort of build this site to um, to use the site and to and to sort of have a voice in um, where this where this heritage site's um, meaning and uh, place on our campuses is, is going into right. So I just want to emphasize that one more time. It's a public space, but it's a public space and a campus community space where we understand and respect the leadership of Native voices. So if you're willing to join that effort in learning, right, and coming to the process in a with a sense of humility and of wanting to be and wanting to wanting to learn and to be educated, right, then then please join us and um, we encourage you to reach out with whatever requests or questions you have. Thank you both again so much for being willing to come on to our podcast today and, and talk with us. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. We appreciate the opportunity so much. Thank you very much for having us. Yes, thank you. We'd like to thank Andrea and Noelle for joining us today. If you liked this episode, don't forget to subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. We value your feedback and your ratings and reviews will help others discover our show. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Inclusive Online Pod and our Facebook page, Inclusive and Online. If you'd like to get in touch with us with your ideas, feedback, or request to collaborate, you can send us an email at inclusiveonlinepod at gmail.com. We'll be back next month with our next episode. Until then. We hope you feel included.